Welcome to Salt and Light. I'm Charles van Veek. It's wonderful to have you join us again as we talk about how we as Christians can make a difference in society. How does the Holy Spirit use us? How are we open to His work in uh, our lives and those around us? And so it's wonderful to have Peter for Mark with me in the studio. Peter is a businessman here in Cape Town, South Africa, and we are going to have a great chat today about how God has been working in his life and uh, how we can apply God's word to us. So, Peter, welcome to Salt and Light. Great to have you with us. Sure. Thank you very much. Uh, Pleasure to be here. Peter, just give us a bit of a background to your testimony. When did you come to faith in Christ? How did it happen? Just chat from the heart. Many years ago when I was still at school, I came came to the Lord and uh, at that stage gave my life to him. And was on fire for the Lord. And then, uh, as so often happens, you know, you could, you go, you leave school. In my case, went to the army. After that, went to study. And then the, the world just, 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 you allow the world to take you and just grab you away. And you're, you, you go off track. And that, unfortunately, was the case with me. And uh, for many years, I was uh, not where I should be with the Lord. So this was during your teen years no, well, that you went through this? Early okay, 20s, early 20s. Early, early 20s, All right. yes. And... But the Lord tells us, you know, the, the Good Shepherd will leave the 99 and come and fetch the one. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Lord, he did that with me and uh, came to fetch me back. And uh, then probably early 30s uh, got into a place where I should be with the Lord again. Mm. But even even through that time, you know, there we, we, we spend so much time not giving everything to the Lord. Just uh, we give certain things to him, and we we tend to hold on to others uh, subconsciously. I think it's just human nature. Mm. We, we want to keep control, and um, and I think it's, that it's does many years like that. Yeah, you know, that does apply to everybody. Really, we all have this uh, idea that there's certain areas that we just want to have control over, and we don't want to you know give everything to the Lord. You know, but yet He gave everything for us. Um, you know, He didn't hold back on the cross, and uh, so praise God. No, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and you know, it, it's uh, for those that are are familiar with Andrew Murray and some of his addresses. One of his addresses on absolute surrender. Um, in 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 that, there's a very small little prayer that he prays, and it's something that I've been praying over my life for for many years, and just asking the Lord. And that's where he he says, uh, I'm, "Father, I'm willing that you make me willing." And that is to surrender everything because uh, I, I knew there were areas of my life that I just wasn't giving over to the Lord. Yeah. And I, for many years I prayed that. And uh, and in essence what we're doing is we have giving responsibility to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm willing that you change me. Mm. I'm willing that you that you work in my life because otherwise we get the glory. Yeah. But when the glory needs to go to him that he manufactured the change. Yeah. So you want uh, God's will. Uh, in your life, and so you want God's will to become your will, and your will to become God's will. <laughs> no, <laughs> so something like that. Absolutely. But but the fact is that what we want to do is we want to surrender completely to Christ and put everything in His hands, and then live accordingly. Well, He wants everything, doesn't He? And 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 we tend in as humans, we tend to compartmentalize things. We we separate things. Like how often have you heard people say, "My my church life and my work life are two different things," sure. and you don't you don't mix them. But uh, we know it's exactly the opposite is true. Yeah. He wants everything. He wants every part of our lives. It it's, is us that, that, that compartmentalize him, yes. not the other way around. But uh, your, your business life, um, do you make Christ the center of that, uh, you know, while we're on the topic? How, how does one practically put that into action? 
Well, you know, I was, I was really blessed to join a company uh, many years ago and uh, a company that, that really put Christ uh, first. And we, as, as managers and directors of the company, would, would regularly come together and come before the Lord. Um, and not just as to where the business is going and what he wants us to do, but just how do we serve him? How do we serve him in the marketplace? Um, and allowing him to, to use us there. And then how we influence the people within the business and spending, we encourage people as part of their, part of their daily work, put time aside to spend with the Lord mm. um, and just, I can't imagine that Satan would be happy with us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it probably didn't run as smoothly as we as we like to think. Uh, on the contrary, yes. Uh, just because you hand things over the Lord doesn't mean suddenly it's, it's sunshine. There's going to be no problems and, anymore. And, and, That's right. On the contrary, of, of, often it gets worse. Yes. Because uh, then, then then Satan steps in, but he has no power over our lives. He can he can put he can put stumbling blocks in front of us. He can cause things to happen, but he has no control. He's mm. lost that control on the, on the cross. He, he lost that control. Yeah, and uh, uh, that's extremely important. There are too many people that believe that Satan actually controls the whole world and, and Christ plays uh, second fiddle, but that's not true. You know, Matthew 28 is very clear that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus Christ. And he commands us from there to go and disciple the nations and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, uh, we, we don't need to play second fiddle. I, I like the idea that you say you're not too worried about <laughs> Satan and uh, because we have to we have to take dominion for Jesus Christ and he's uh, put on our hearts. We commanded to be salt and light. And, you know, these aren't uh, suggestions. Um, God doesn't uh, give suggestions. He gives commands and he, he speaks law. He speaks with authority. And, um, and so we need to obey that. But Peter, uh, moving on from there, um, the time that you came to faith in Christ and um, your, your business issues, and we'll get back to that a little bit later, but you had quite a uh, uh, hair-raising, death-defying uh, time last year. Give us a little bit of an idea of what, what's been going on in your life. Well, in, um, in September last year, I, I landed up giving getting COVID. We actually had a family gathering because we hadn't seen each other for, for so long. There were 10 people and out of that, eight people walked away with COVID and uh, luckily or unluckily, see did you may, uh, I was the one that landed up in hospital. Um, I spent about or two weeks at home uh, getting better, getting ill, getting better, getting ill and then I suddenly took a turn for the worse and it, uh, I, got, I got really ill. And luckily my, my, my wife, she um, con- convinced me to go to hospital and I went to hospital on the Friday evening. Um, at, at first, they didn't want to admit me because I didn't have a positive COVID test. But luckily, there was a young doctor there that could see I was ill. They sent me for x-rays and uh, and could see I had pneumonia. They then sent me for a CT scan and one lung was busy collapsing. So I was admitted to hospital with uh, COVID pneumonia and respiratory failure. Collapsed lung or um, almost collapsed lung. Busy. It was that, on, that's, on, on starting to collapse, yeah. That is unbelievable. And it... Uh, but you know it's 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 not all bad. Uh, these things happen, and and God uses everything. He uses everything. Uh, I say again, I'd, I'd pray that prayer, Father. I'm willing that you make me willing. And this is a situation that I believe the Lord used to to make me willing. Uh, I remember the first night uh, lying in hospital and. With pneumonia, you're meant to lie on your back. You're not meant to lie on your back uh, because the majority of your lungs are 
on on the on the backside of your body and but I couldn't if I turned over I just couldn't breathe I literally my lungs closed up they locked up and I couldn't Are you talking about turning over onto your back onto onto my side or onto my stomach Oh either way Yes I I couldn't and um literally you land up lying there making funny noises but nothing comes that comes into your lungs no air would come into your lungs And I remember sitting with the Lord and saying saying to him Father you know I know that you don't need me your will is supreme you you omnipotent you if your will is perfect um you use us to look after our families but you don't need us you you know what path you have for me you know what path you have for my wife and for for my two children so father I put myself in your hands and if it be that I go home tonight I go home if I don't then it's your will and I said I still remember saying to the lord I'm quite happy with that because you know everything mm. and as long as it's your will and not the enemy coming to steal i'm happy with that mm. but this is a difficult situation because on the one side you can hardly breathe or you can't breathe uh, literally probably at certain stages um and then you also are communicating with god and praying to him uh, it must have been quite a, a challenge you know on the one side you gasping for breath and on the other side you you're trying to pray what goes through your mind during these times uh, is it chaotic did you feel comforted in any way did you feel stressed uh, bitter because of what had happened to you you know once i'd spoken to the lord and i just really put myself in his hands it, it is an absolutely phenomenal experience to know that you are in the hands of the living god mm-hmm. you are literally in his hands and and you have no control um I had an absolute peace. I had a peace and even though I went through the episodes when spe- specifically when they had to do physio and then I there were times I just really couldn't breathe. Uh, there was no fear. There was zero fear. I had no anxiety. I didn't fear death. If I was going to die that night, mm. I was at peace. Mm. I was at absolute peace. I I really there's no you can't can't describe it. It's it, there's nothing other to say than absolute peace. Mm. Are there any scriptures that might have come to mind during these stages that uh, brought comfort to you or ideas of um you know biblical ideas or theological ideas that specifically that you can remember that help bring about this sort of peaceful comforting you know at at situation at, at the time there weren't scriptures at the time Mm. The, the Lord showed me many things in the the days after this as I as specifically as I started uh, feeling a little bit better um and the beauty is that after I'd left hospital he majority of the things he showed me he took me to the scriptures that covered that and it was just really for it was nice for myself to see that it wasn't just myself making these things up but I wasn't thinking these mm. things it, it, it was like the holy spirit was ministering to you during that time exactly exactly and you got confirmation of it from from god's word later on but but during during that time um one of the scriptures that he did to did take me to uh, quite a lot was in psalms and that was psalm 103 i'm just going to go there there quickly quickly now psalm 103 Sorry, Charles, just, I'm going to have to cut this out, but Psalm 
Okay. And, and, and Psalm, Psalm 103, if we, if we go from verse 2, it, it reads, Praise the Lord, my soul, and, forgot, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and, he, and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with the love and compassion. That's just one of the, right in the beginning when I was in hospital, that the Lord took me to, to, to that reading, and it just meant so much for, for me at that time. And then later there are further further verses in Psalm 103 that I would love to refer to. Um, Once we just talk about the things that the Lord showed me at that time. Mm. Well, it's incredible. Now you are you are a family man. You've got children. You have a wife. Uh, you're a Bible study leader. You belong to a, a congregation of believers. Um, how did this all come into the mix? Um, you know, was your family actually aware of how um, how close to dying you really were, or um, did you hold, withhold that information? Uh, what was going on in everybody's minds and in your sort of greater family community? Uh, I believe that they knew where where I was. I, I didn't really hide anything from them. Um, I was in ICU, yeah, um, which which we, we, which said it all. Uh, my son is also studying in, in the medical line, so he was more aware of, of what was going on than I was. And, but the Lord allowed me at that time to, to speak very openly to them, and, and, and that's one of the things that situations like this does in your life. It allows you to speak. It, it gives you carte blanche. And it, it really opened up conversations with both my children that, uh, that I'd been wanting to have with them for a long time around their salvation around not just going to church but having a relationship with the Lord and walking with him daily. And I remember one night um, the Lord told me very clearly I, I had to send them a message and say to them, you know, at this time, in times like this, we must be very careful how we pray because we are so inclined to make promises to the Lord. And the Lord said I need specifically for my children I had to say to them, you know, you must be very careful how you pray because we serve a covenant God. And the promises you make him to make to him today, he will hold you to. He will hold you to that. So we must just be very careful. And the Bible is very clear on us uh, making promises to the Lord. And funnily enough, Susan, my wife, at exactly this, at that same evening, she she got the same message. And, and that's how the Holy Spirit works. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just incredible what what you went through. And praise the Lord, you're sitting with us today, and uh, we're speaking to Peter for Mark. I'm Charles van Veek. You're listening to Salt and Light. We're chatting about um, God's work in people's lives and how the Holy Spirit uses them and uh, the difference we can make. How, how are we being salt and light? Now, Peter's used to being salt and light in the, the business world and at church, and now we're talking about him having been hospitalized. Peter, give us a bit of an idea of what these staff in the hospital were dealing with. You know, there's so many... Um, messages going out there uh, with regards to the hospitals and they weren't really full, but they were full and then they weren't full and then there was, wasn't enough equipment and that sort of thing. One can't imagine the stress that the the doctors and nurses and staff must have um, experienced during that time. You were right there in the thick of things. Give us a bit of an idea of what was going on, particularly where you were and, and your ward. Sure, that was a, really was a great sense of encouragement to me. Um, Having spent some time in, in the ICU, you, 
you, you speak to people and you build up, uh, although it's a couple, not, you're not there for a protracted period of time. Well, I wasn't, luckily. But um, you build up relationships with the people. And just one particular um, ICU sister that I was, I was quite, quite friendly with and we spoke quite a bit. And she explained to me what they'd been through. At this stage, it was the third wave that had just, just been through. And the things that they'd seen, the amount of people that they, they had passed away, people that had not made it, um, many people going to ICU didn't come out because of COVID. And the stress of a, living through that every single day. And, and across the board, the thing that stood out for me was what held them together was the love of Christ. And they were open about it. They were absolutely open about lying there at night, listening to them talk. They spoke about Christ and they prayed together. And that really, really held them together. Even the doctor that was uh, was seeing to me, he said to me, he's here to treat me. He, whether I I live or die is not his decision. It's the Lord's decision. It's in the Lord's hands. And this doctor said that to you. The That's doctor, amazing. The doctor said. No, it, 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 from that perspective, it was absolutely wonderful. It, it, it really was to see. And it was a great sense of encouragement to me to see how these people had coped and that Christ had held them together. I can't imagine them having coped without it without that mm. oh that that's that's amazing to hear that the christians uh making a difference right there and then you know between life and death of their patients and uh witnessing to them and and they were uh, open be, about it and being so open and being salt and light right there and then um what what an encouragement uh for us as christians but peter when we um, have been through something like this um and you've you've struggled through these things and you now healthy and strong um, what changes have you made in your life or what, what do you think impacted you to and has, has made a difference as you go into the future? Charles, there have definitely been, been, been changes in my life. And when I sat to the Lord uh, in, in hospital, one of the things that I actually asked him, I said, Father, please um, change me. I asked him to change me. I asked the Lord to change me. Enable me to give everything over to him, absolutely everything. I also asked him to, to change me, but that my family could see first. You know, I was living, I wouldn't say I was living two lives, but um, on the outside, going to, going to work, going to church, there was, there was one persona, and I was still carrying a lot of anger in me, and I would, I would go home, and, and that comes out against the people that normally that we care for the most. And, and I, I would get angry at home. And that was one of the things that I asked the Lord to really change. And and I, I truly believe he has. He's, mm. he's changed it in me. It's not me that's changed, but I've allowed him to do it in me. Mm. And, and, and and I praise the Lord for that. Mm. Um, and, and he showed me so much. You know, the, the, the first night I was lying in hospital, he, the Lord showed me my life. And he showed me the absolute, the, the evil. We are evil, inherently evil. We, we think we are. We're okay. We think we're okay. But he showed me in his eyes the sin, the selfishness, the debaucheredness. It's just, it was, it, he absolutely, he just laid it on the table. Those dirty rags that, that we speak about in the words, he showed me that. And it, it wasn't a pleasant sight. But Charles, in exactly the same breath, the Lord showed me how much he loves me mm. and what Christ had done on the cross for me. And that my sin that he showed me has been removed from me as far as the east is from the west. And that again comes up in Psalm 100 and 103 where our sin is removed from us as far as the east is from the west, as far as the, as high as the heavens are above us, so much he loves us. Mm. And that really stood out for me. And and I asked the Lord, I said to him, Father, if 
one, if, if, I, if I walk out, if it's your, your choice that I leave the hospital today, don't let this just die a natural death. Don't let me forget about it in a couple of months' time when I'm feeling better. L- allow me to make a difference because otherwise all everything I've gone through has been for waste. I think that is um, what you've, you've sort of hit the nail on the head there. You know, so many of us, and, and in specifically in our country, there's a lot of trauma in our society. It might be very different to the trauma that you've been through, but but there's lots of traumatic events that the people have lived through. And as you say, you know, when we are in those situations, then we love the Lord and we're really thankful and all that kind of thing. Um, and we might be spending a lot of time in prayer and devotion. Uh, but when things are going well again, then, you know, we think, well, I'm a self-made man, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, things just carry on as usual. Um, and we we need to, the, the same fervor we had when we are going through tough times, we need to keep that up all the time. Um, you know, Jesus Christ, death on the cross, he didn't only die just for the bad times when we need him. Um, you know, he died for us for our salvation of the salvation of our whole lives and um and we should be salt and light throughout uh our lives you know wherever we find that opportunity to uh, speak the words of Christ or to read scripture or to make a difference in other people's lives so thank you very much peter that was really um quite uh, amazing um your testimony as i said before praise the lord you're here with us today so uh, it's great to have you any final thoughts that you have for our listeners and, and friends um of salt and light there are two things i'd like to mention and uh, the one thing is once i left the hospital the, the lord hadn't finished working with me yet um as i mentioned he the lord changed me because i asked him to change me and, and, I, and i truly believe the lord changes us in two ways there's an instantaneous change where he can change certain things in our lives instantaneously. And then another change that he makes is as we walk with him, as he sees our heart, that we want to walk with him, that we prepare to walk with him, he will make those changes as we walk. As, as, we, as we show faith, so he will make changes in our lives and bring us closer to, to Christ as that, that sanctification that the, that the Bible talks about. Mm. And, you know, I walked out of the hospital after having been in ICU for about 10 days and I actually thanked the Lord. I said to him, Father, I thank you for allowing me to go through this because of the changes that he'd made in my life. And about within the following two weeks, there were quite a, quite a couple of changes that he made. And one of the things that he showed me clearly is he showed me that while I was in hospital, I was prepared to put my life in his hands. I was prepared, prepared to put my whole life in his hands. So then why are there other aspects of my life, specifically in my business, that I'm holding back, that I'm holding on to? He wants everything. There's no separation between our church life, our spiritual life, and our daily walk. It's one life. There mm. is no difference. And he wants everything. Uh, we do like to compartmentalize um, and say, well, yeah, God can have this part in this area, but not that over there. Um, yeah, so you really took uh, practically the verse that speaks about giving thanks to God in all things. Uh, it's quite horrendous to actually thank God for something, for this dark uh, life uh, I mean, you could have lost your life, um, time, and to look back at that and say, "Thank you, Lord, for for doing this to me." I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been where I am in my walk with the Lord today if I hadn't gone through that. And that's one thing that I would just like to encourage people with: is if hindsight's twenty twenty, sure. And if I had known this earlier, so many years ago, I would have given everything to the Lord. 
but the Lord's timing is perfect. He has He's appointed time with each and every one of us. And I am truly thankful to our, our Lord and Savior that he had he used this to, to bring me closer to mm-hmm. him and get into a position where I'm prepared to hand everything to him, mm-hmm. everything. Well, friends, uh, what a touching testimony from Peter from Mark. Uh, we seriously need to be serious uh, with God. We need to hand over everything in our lives to Him. We need to submit to Him in every area of our lives. We need to disciple the nations. We need to be a blessing to others. Um, Yeah, we need to make a difference for Jesus Christ. Peter, thank you very much for joining us on Salt and Light. Thank you for being so open and uh, sharing your heart with us. We really appreciate it. Sure, thank you very much. Well, I'm Charles van Beek. You've been listening to Salt and Light and uh, many blessings and I'm closing off. Welcome to Salt and Light. I'm Charles van Veek. It's wonderful to have you join us as we chat to some of our friends about how we can make a difference as Christians. Uh, Living in society, in the socio-political arena, the social business arena, uh, varsity, uh, out there in the world of economics and business, how do we make a difference for the sake of Christ? We've been told to disciple the nations, Matthew 28, Matthew The word of God is very clear that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus Christ and we need to uh, disciple the nations. How do we make Christian nations, uh, how do we make a difference in people's lives? We've been commanded to be salt and light in scripture. So how do we uh, act out our saltiness and how do we bring light to the darkness? So we are speaking to Peter. Peter's a businessman in Cape Town, South Africa. And Olga, who is also working in ministry. But uh, Peter, welcome to Salt and Light. Thank you, Sean. Good to have us, well, good to have you with us uh, in the studio. Peter, give us just a little bit of background to what kind of world you're involved in in the business world. Sure, we're in the business of uh, manufacturing uh, equipment mainly for the food industry, um, both uh, beverage as well as food processing and service that industry. So big-time machinery. Correct. Mechanical kind of things or electronic. Or both. 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 Okay, yes. mixtures. Correct. Okay. You, you need both to make You work. need both, of course. Yeah, we're living in a day and age. I'm still struggling to catch up with the digital world. Uh, it's making it very uh, difficult for me. I'm a bit slow with these things. But Olga, welcome to Salt and Light. Great to have you with us in the studio. Thank you so much for having me. Give us an idea, Olga, of your studies, and because we're going to be chatting about your student life uh, today. So just give us a bit of a background to your studies. And we won't ask you how long ago that was, because then all our listeners can work out your age. So uh, we will not deal with that right now. Okay. Um, I did a diploma in human resource management. Uh, I'm now working full-time in ministry, and I'm also studying tax administration. Wow, that's quite a mouthful. But uh, Olga, great to have you. Peter, let's start with you. The, um, as I mentioned earlier, Scripture is very clear. Our program is called Salt and Light. That's what we're all about. God's commanded us to be salt and light as Christians, to make a difference in society. Where's your starting point as a businessman? Where does one start with saying, well, uh, here is where I get going and this is what I'm aiming at? How do you do that in the business world from your your Christian belief, your worldview, um, you making a difference? Charles, I think think it starts off with uh, the promises that the Lord has made us. And 
we need to be sitting with the Lord and making sure we are where He needs us to be. Um, he has a mission field for each and every one of us. He has a vision for each and every one of us. And we need to share that vision. And the only way we can get to share that vision is by spending time in the Word and spending time with the Lord, talking to Him about this. And, and, and often where He wants us is not where our family or the world sees us. But uh, He has a very specific need for each and every one of us. Well, not a need, but He, the Bible's clear. He delights in working through us sure if we allow him to yes and he's chosen to to work that way uh, you know, God could save the whole world he could do whatever Correct. he wanted but he he uh, decided that he's going to work through us his people and he's commanded us to to make that difference and to take the gospel to people correct and uh, you know your your business is, is is just an extension of yourself and the values that you carry should be carried in your business there they, they, there is no difference and your business should be handed to the Lord. It should be the Lord's will, and you should be running it accordingly. Mm. Um, which, which means the, the people you come into contact with on, on a daily basis, be that your, your staff members, be it your clients. And the Lord will, will open up those conversations if you ask him to, if you, if, if you allow him to. And then if he sees that you're obedient in following through, through, through with these. Um, and, we've, and we, we, we've seen that. And so many people get hung up on what is my purpose? What am I meant to do? Uh, what should I be doing? And, and that, I believe, sometimes paralyzes us. And, and the enemy actually uses that. Whereas I was speaking to a very good friend of mine uh, over a barbecue recently, and, and he said to me, he had the same conversation with somebody, and his answer to them was, your purpose is whatever the Lord puts in front of you this day. Mm, that's brilliant. Because yes. we, we each, we have various gifts and I believe that we, we need to draw on different ones at different times and the Lord knows when and who he's put in front of us. That, that is such a, a great uh, comment. Literally, you know, if I've come across people in my Christian walk who have been paralyzed, they're literally sitting around doing nothing, waiting for God to show them what to do. Well, the opportunity is you, you're speaking to me right now. You know, you could be... Um, making a difference in my life. You can be speaking uh, into my life. You can be reading scripture to me. We can pray together. You don't need to wait for some uh, some great dream or something to happen to you because God's already commanded you what you need to do. You need exactly. to be salt and light. You need to disciple the nations. You don't need to wonder about what to do. So very, very, very good point that. Olga, when um, you were in the world of, uh, of students and... Um, you were busy studying. What is going on in that world as far as the the worldview is concerned? Uh, you were in human resources, so it wasn't, I suppose, too philosophical at that. But what is the sort of underlying ideas uh, out there in the, the college world? Uh, so uh, with the students, what, what well, in my experience is that uh, – you know, when you go to college or university, like you're trying to find yourself, you know, you struggle with identity, you are out there without your parents. So that's the space where you get to, to you know, to decide who you are and who you want to be. So I felt that it was, um, you know, it's really important for us as Christians, you know, because I believe that God commanded us to, to, to be an influence on the world, uh, you know, around us. So I think uh, when you are in college, 
it's it's actually the best place for you as a Christian to 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 share and be a witness to those that are around you because people are lost they're trying to find themselves you know um yeah it was uh, more like that you know people are trying to find themselves their identity you know without their parents so you know and away from the childhood friends you know some of them like myself I didn't have my childhood friends with me so I was out there by myself without my parents trying to find myself mm. so yeah I think during that period, one's also very vulnerable, but also maybe quite open to to new ideas and that sort of thing. And so that must have also, you know, makes a big difference in people's lives because, um, well, I suppose it depends a lot on the situation, but uh, lots of people are normally open to all sorts of things. But as soon as the name of Jesus Christ is mentioned, then all of a sudden there's not this openness any longer, you know. But um, were, were you uh, involved in any possible like Christian unions or that sort of thing? Did they have that around at your college in the day? Uh, no, at my college, no, they didn't have that. I was at a private college uh, and, uh, you know, there was, you know, as any other college, all sorts of people and all everybody doing everything. Actually, you just try to find, you know, a group that you feel like you fit in. Uh, but we didn't have a Christian union. But I did, however, I made some friends at the college and they invited me to church. I was actually baptized when I was still in college, which is very good. Uh, I went to a faith mission church. It was very nice. But yes, um, I really did look around for a group uh, that I could fit in. Like you said, you know, you're vulnerable, you're open to all sorts of stuff. And and for me, luckily, when I heard the name of the Lord, it wasn't something new to me. It's just that I didn't understand it fully. So I was actually happy to go and listen and learn more about the uh, Jesus Christ, about the Lord. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, and a, a social group like that is so important in our lives. As you said, it wasn't a formal meeting kind of a group that you're in, but the social group of encouragement and people making a difference in your life, inviting you to church. And uh, I think it's so important that our young people um, understand that, you know, be too self-consumed at that age about what everybody's thinking about me. Uh, let me tell you, nobody's thinking about you. That, that, that's that's the bottom line. Uh, they're all thinking about themselves and what you they think you might be thinking about them. Nobody's caring about anybody else. So uh, to have that kind of influence of people reaching out to you and that that's so exciting and so wonderful. I remember when I went to high school and we had a Christian union. There were a lot of boys. Uh, at school who weren't part of the Christian union, but they had been in primary school. And so we met with them and said, why don't you come and join us and worship God at our meetings and that together? And they said, you know what? Um, the Christians haven't befriended us. They haven't reached out to us, um, the people that are meeting at the high school. And so we just felt left out. So we found other friends. And, and that's just so so important. But Peter, in the business world too, you can't always choose who you do business with. Uh, you know, it's not, well, I suppose you can under certain circumstances, but most businessmen want to do business with whoever they come across uh, in their lives. Um, and you mentioned something really important, and that is when you ask God to open up conversations and opportunities, that that actually happens. And I was just speaking to my son the other day, and he wanted to witness to a friend. And he didn't want to come across as too pushy. The friend was sleeping over and he was praying to the Lord, please, Lord, open the opportunity. I, I really want to witness to this um, this young man. And he said they were sitting the whole evening. I don't know if they watched a movie or what, but when they went to bed, they were uh, sleeping in the same room. And the young 
person that wasn't a Christian opened up the whole conversation late at night just before going to bed and wanted to know about God and my son's relationship uh, with the Lord. Um, and Peter, when you pray for these things, when God gives you that opportunity, um, I know in my life, and I'm sure many people, we sometimes let it pass. And we don't take those opportunities, as obvious as they are. Um, what? How do you deal with that? Uh, those circumstances? Uh, um, what makes you take those opportunities? Charles, I think I think we've all been there. I think we've all had these missed opportunities, and we've all had to go to bed at night uh, asking our Father for forgiveness for not being obedient. Um, and it's, it's, it's not a nice feeling. No. But if the Lord, if we ask the Lord to open those opportunities, He does, and I've seen it many times, and it's just amazing the people that you speak to, they suddenly start opening up, and I'm I'm just astounded by it. Really, I am that that the, the doors that the, that that the Lord opened, and even COVID, having having come through COVID now, how I think COVID's made it easier for us. People are suddenly more receptive to to speaking about the Lord. They don't shy away from these discussions anymore, and that, that, that's been my that's been my experience. And that often you use COVID as an as a means of opening that door, knowing that we are fallible, we our, our lives are are at hand, and mm. people have realised this. And it's it's amazing how many in the in the last while, as soon as I I broach the subject, how many people I speak to are actually Christians, and people are just not prepared to talk about it because it's not done in business. You don't talk about it in business. And then it's not only the unsaved that we that, that, that we land up communicating with, but it's fellow brothers and sisters who have just taken a back seat. And it, it, it's good to see people inspired about that. You can talk about it. Nothing mm. stops us. Mm. Nothing stops us from talking about it. Yeah. Uh, I uh, was uh, having to do some business with uh, a man from another religion and he wasn't shy about opening up about their beliefs and and uh, whatever. He knew perfectly well I was a Christian and uh, he was very open about talking about uh, religious or faith or spiritual type issues. And I was, quite, I was very impressed <laughs> that he was willing to do this because many of us as Christians, as you say, we say we sometimes just shy away from these things or, you know, we don't want to be bold. Um, but uh, I think uh, when we're dealing with uh, students and that, uh, you know, many students are, uh, pretty bold. It, it looks like you know when I was at school, there was you could be a Christian and uh, or a non-Christian, and there was a bit of a gray area in between because the some of the boys were you know being forced to go to church because of what mommy or daddy told them to do, or they were in the boarding house of the school, and so they were forced to go uh, somewhere. But um, today, the, you know, uh, we don't even have prayer in parliament anymore, and there's no necessarily no prayer going on in the schools or in colleges or whatever. Um, and there seems to be a new boldness amongst the youth, um, Olga. Um, I'm not sure if you've noticed it in your life. You're not as old as Peter and I. Um, but there seems to be a new boldness amongst the youth who are Christians to stand up for righteousness and truth. Have you have you noticed that? Have you come across it? You've done a lot of work. You've been at college. You've been you lived in a, a shanty town, literally in a squatter camp for quite a while. Um, how are the Christians managing? I guess that's very true. You know, uh, I, I think as you know, with us young people, young people um, 
like my age, you know, I've always went to church. Uh, you know, even though when I was not a Christian, I've always went to church. You know, young people go to church for different reasons. You know, I, I remember at our church, people used to go there because, you know, they need to show off their clothes. So people, young people were open to almost anything. So when you go to church, whether you're there for your clothes, there's a moment where you everybody's quiet and the, you know, uh, the pastor is preaching. And then you hear beats and beats and beats. And those things, they stay with you. That's why I think it's very easy for, you know, for us to speak about the gospel almost everywhere anyway, because young people somehow at the back of their heads, even though they were forced to go to church, somehow they know about the Lord. So it just needs to take somebody, you know, you, you, like with my experience, obviously it took somebody to just say something one evening and then I everything completely changed. So it's, it's the same with us young Christians now is that uh, we have that boldness because we know what it's like, I, I, I guess. You know, we know what it's like. We know that we know the truth. It's just that uh, we fear you know, losing some sort of freedom or whatever, but the truth, we have it. So, yeah, we boldly speak about the Lord because we know our peers know about the Lord. You know, somehow they're not, um, they do believe that there is God, there is Jesus, and they just need somebody to, you know, get on them. Yeah. Olga, if I might just say something, I, th I think you touched on a very, very important issue there, and it's something that the Lord's been talking to me about for a, for a while now, and that is somebody said something. <laughs> And so often we think things that, that we mention to people must make sense. And what we say, and we take responsibility for, for, for people's salvation. And it's not. In his wisdom, the Lord has said, some will sow and some will reap. Mm -hmm. So that he gets the glory at, at the end of the day. And in sharing with people, be it believers or non-believers, we don't know what seeds are being left. We don't know exactly. what's going to happen to those seeds. We just need to trust the Holy Spirit for it. Exactly. And unless we speak, unless we speak what that we hear the Lord saying to us that we need to speak, those seeds won't be sown. Or he will use somebody else to do it. Amen. I can really um, agree with that. I, uh, many years ago, had an opportunity to uh, speak to somebody about the Lord. And uh, I remember getting a phone call and saying, can you please come speak to this person? He's having some challenges in his life. And I'll never forget this. It, uh, it almost haunts me that I said, no, I was too busy doing God's work. I was busy with ministry stuff and I was too busy to go speak to this one person. Well, somebody, God used somebody else to lead this person to him. And praise God, this young man came to faith in Christ and it wasn't me that he used. I was too busy uh, with other things. Uh, but in the name of doing Christian work. And we can do that in our families. We can do it in our businesses. We can do it in our ministries where, you know, um, I remember my friend uh, Ron Kronz in America, who's a pastor of a, a home church, and he would have neighborhood children come over and they would do Bible reading and prayer together with his kids. These children that came to his house were pastor's children, and these children, I mean, this is unbelievable. The children were asking their parents to read the Bible and pray with them. And the parents said, no, we're too busy. Um, uh, you know, and, and this was pastor's kids coming to the man down the road 
who is doing Bible reading and prayer. I mean, how often does this happen? Children asking their parents to pray with them. Uh, normally, the kids are the ones trying to run away and saying, no, 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 we don't want that now. Why is it so long? Do we have? When's this going to finish? <laughs> you know, and, um, and we need to take those opportunities. And men, um, you need to pray with your family and you need to read the scriptures to them. Um, we are the leaders of our home. God has appointed us as the leaders of the home, and we need to make the difference. Our children are watching us. Our wife watches us. And um, don't think that your wife is more spiritual than you, and therefore you can't do it. You've got to man up as a godly Christian man. Uh, the Scriptures tell us, uh, act like men. Um, we need to stand firm in our faith. We need to read God's Word, and we need to pray with our family not just for them, but with them. And um, these, are, these are difficult times we're going through in our country and in the world. And I always tell the young men that I minister to in the squatter camp that if you don't stand up for righteousness and truth, you can be jolly sure it's not the pagans that are going to be doing it. We as, we as Christian men, we're the ones that have to make the difference. And so a very, very important point. But again, also what uh, you, Peter, and Olga have mentioned is that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God's word needs to be spoken, and people come to faith because of hearing God's word being spoken. Well, I'm Charles von Veik. You're listening to Salt and Light. We're speaking to Peter, who's a businessman, and Olga, who is a former student. And we're just talking about how we can make a difference. But we're coming close to the end of our program. So, Peter, any further comments from your side in the business world? Just one quick thing how does one take god's word and apply it in your business what does it look like sean i think what is what is very important that people watch you if people know that you are a believer they watch you and they see how you do business and it's your daily act but what what they see you acting out every single day what you do speaks far more more Powerfully than what you say. So you don't have to wear a chart around your neck that's hanging that has a big Bible verse on it. Just love, love your clients, love your suppliers, love the people that work with you. We call to love each other. Thank you very much, Peter. Olga, some final comments from you. I have to agree with Uncle Peter on this one because us as Christians, we must always remember the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we live in that way with that in our lives, then you know people not only hear that we are Christians, but they can see it in the way we do things, in the way we treat ourselves, in the way we react to stuff. So I think that's really important that, you know, it, we not only tell people we are Christians, but then they need to also see it in how we behave, you know, how we live our everyday life, you know, not only when we are at church or only when we are at work, but every single day, whether you are in the garden or whether you are at the mall, you know, the way you treat the people, the whether you're in a restaurant, the way you treat others, you know, the waitresses or the cleaning people or just anybody or the security you know, everybody, the way you treat people, I think that's really, really important. It says a lot about you as a Christian than you just saying you're a Christian person. Oh, that's that's wonderful. It really does make a difference. I was speaking to a friend the other day who uh, went up to Johannesburg on business from Cape Town. And um, we were just having a laugh about uh, some things. And uh, I was saying to him, what a nice man he is. And he said, you know what? People in Johannesburg were saying this to me. They said, you know, you're so nice to the teller. And then, then you're so nice to the parking attendant. And then you're so nice to everybody. And you're saying, 
you know what a difference it makes? Just smiling at people, greeting them nicely and having a quick chat with them. He says, sure, doesn't that make your day? I said, goodness me, it makes my day if somebody just smiles at me while they're walking past. Yeah, and it costs you nothing. <laughs> maybe, I'm getting, yeah, maybe I'm getting old, but it really does mean something these days when people are just friendly and nice. Uh, I think there's such a, a doom and gloom that's brought up Upon us, on you know, through the press and through the world around us, and the challenges we've been through and are going through in South Africa, um, and yet God's word and His love applies to us in our personal lives, in our families, in our churches, in business, in uh, the political arena. We need to live out that Christianity. But enough from me now, and uh, enough from salt and light this uh, today. Thank you very much, Peter, for joining us. It's great having had you on the program. Pleasure. Thank you so much. And Olga, thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Well, that was Peter and Olga. I'm Charles van Weyck. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, listening to Salt and Light. And may God bless you and keep you. And I'm signing off.